Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. Welcome you guys here. Welcome everybody that's watching on the other side of the camera. Um, this is what we know. We have people literally from around the world and around the country that watch every Sunday. And uh, it's expanded our reach. So uh, sometimes I may not look at you guys. I'm looking at them. And I hope they're not look. I hope they're looking back. Hopefully at that. So it's a it's kind of strange. Uh, have you guys noticed this? I don't know if you've noticed this that our world is just a little bit divided these days. Anybody notice that? Okay, well, then, then maybe this sermon will help you a little bit. Uh, the, the, there are the Democrats and the? Okay, there's red and? Trump and? Okay, see, you, you guys are catching on pretty quickly. There's all these divides that are out there. Uh, you know, there, there's the, the, the elephant and the donkey, okay? Now, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going with the elephant or donkey. I'm going with the slain lamb of God. I think he's the one that will deliver us in this time. But, but, you know, there are so many things. It's even down to some that believe the, the virus is a hoax to others that believe that it's deadly. Uh, some that think, well, you should wear a mask. Some that say that you wouldn't. Some that will say racism is a problem. Some that will say it's not a problem. And, and we go right on down, and it gets down to this, you know, are you right wing or left wing? I love what Billy Graham said. He said, I'm not for the right wing or the left wing. I'm for the whole bird, Okay. That's where I am today. I, that, that's it. And, and what's happening in this time is people are drawing this line in the sand on so many different issues. Okay? And, and they're saying either you're on that side or, or this side. And if you're in the middle, then you just don't have a backbone. You're wishy-washy. And, and I'm going to tell you, there's only one thing that matters, one line that's been drawn that matters. And we're going to read about it here in Galatians, the third chapter. And in Galatians 3, what it says is, so in Christ Jesus, okay, that's important, in Christ, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. In Christ, baptized into Christ, clothe yourself with Christ, and all one in Christ. The line that's been drawn, and this is the only line that matters, is are you in Christ or are you out of Christ? Okay? And you know what the strangest thing is, is that when somebody moves to the in Christ side, they have one burning desire at that point, and that's to reach people over here and bring them with them to this side. And what's happened in our world today is that we've gotten so wrapped up in drawing all these other lines uh, that we forgot about reaching people for Jesus. And so what I want us to do today is we're going we're gonna to look at two guys from, Matt, from Mark, the third chapter. So you can go ahead and turn there. Two guys from Mark 4 that would have been polar opposites. And we're going to learn how they got along. We're going to study this uh, from, from Mark. And you're going to see some things I hope that will amaze you and, and, and will help you in this. And so uh, I, I want to read this story to you from Mark 3. Mark 3, and it starts in, in, in verse 14. Jesus is the he here. He appointed 12 that might be with him. 
He appointed these 12 disciples, and their job was to be with him, to, to hang out with him, to learn from him, to draw close to him, and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority and drive out demons. So he's, he's brought them to himself so they can learn from him, and then he's given them a mission, and it's about the kingdom of God and bringing people in Christ and, and helping them come to know him. These are the 12 that he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, to them he gave name, the name Sons of Thunder. I'd like to know what that's about, Sons of Thunder. Uh, that, that's just kind of interesting. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew. Remember that name. Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot. Remember that name. And Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Now, what you're going to see here is there are two total opposites Two total opposites. The first one that you would notice is Matthew. He's a tax collector. And he is, in, he, he, he is working for the Romans, okay? That, that means that he's, he's in bed with the Romans. And, and the Jews would have hated him even though he is a Jew. They would have hated him, okay? Because he was siding with the Romans and working for them. And then there's this other guy there, Simon the Zealot. Now, let me tell you who Simon the Zealot was. He was what we would call a nationalist. He was all about Israel. He, he, he was willing to fight and die for Israel. And those two would be so far apart in the political spectrum that, that you would think, how in the world could they get together? Well, what we're going to see as we study this today is that nowhere in Scripture do we read that these guys had an argument. Nowhere do we read in Scripture that they broke out into a fight. What we see in Scripture is they came together under Jesus Christ and, and, and worked together for the kingdom. Now, the sermon in the sentence is this. Moving closer to Jesus and his kingdom moves us closer to other Christ followers. Moving closer to Jesus and his kingdom moves us closer to other Christ followers. And we're going to see that today as we study this passage. And I'm not going to tell you how to vote today. Some people always want me to do that. No, I'm going to tell you how to get along with people that vote differently than you do today. Because I think this is, this is, this is so important to the church. And we've seen churches split over this. So we're going, to, we're going to jump into this. And the first thing I'm going to tell you today is that when we're drawing close to Jesus, we're drawing close to other Christians. When we're drawing closer to Jesus, when we bring ourselves near to him, we will bring ourselves nearer to other Christians. Remember what it said in Mark 3 in verse 14. It, it, it said that they were called to Jesus that they might be with him. So they're hanging out with Jesus. They're moving closer to him. They're learning from him. And that's so important. If we turn over to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, and, and what we're going to see there in, in verse 21, it says, And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. That's that drawing near to Jesus, to God. And as we do that with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, it brings us together. So I, I want to demonstrate this to you today. i got a little object lesson. I'm going to bring the cross out. Now, I want you to see what happens when, when, we, uh, when we draw near. We're going to bring the house lights down a little bit and, and focus the light right here. And, uh, and so, this is going to represent Jesus. And, and can I tell you what? I'm way out here on the fringe. And as being way out here on the fringe, can you tell something? If I had 
spilled food on my, my shirt, which I do occasionally. Uh, I, I really couldn't tell. It's kind of nice being out here. But every step that I move closer to Jesus, I get closer to light. And I begin to see that I'm a little messed up. That, 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 that I might have some problems. So I, I take care of that and I take another step. And you know what? I still find out that I'm very messed up. And so every step closer, I get there. You see, as I move closer, I get closer to the light. I get closer to Jesus. And I see things so differently then. So, so that, that's what happens when you draw near. It causes you to change. But, but now just think about this for just a minute. I'm way out here. And let's say there's somebody over there. that they're, they're far right, I'm far left, or I'm far right, they're far left. And you know what? They take a step towards Jesus when I do. And you know what? That means they're changing just like I'm changing. They're becoming more Christ-like just like I am. And so I take another step. And, and, and as Christ reflects on me and I see more of it, and as they do the same thing. And you know what's going to end up ultimately is we're both going to be at the, the foot of the cross kneeling. Now, let me tell you what it is not my job to do. My job is not to stand over here and when I take a step, hey, you need to get that done in your life. It doesn't work. And, and, and that's not our job. And in fact, I want you to see what it says in Hebrews, the, the third chapter. In Hebrews 3, it says, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. Did you get that? We are to encourage people daily. That, that's what we're called to do. And so as that person is drawing closer, I'm to encourage them to say, you can do this. And they're to do the same thing for me so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That's our job. Let's go ahead and bring the house lights up. Now, now I want you to see what it also says in Hebrews 10, and verse 24. In Hebrews 10, 24, it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day coming. So my job is not to stand over here and tell them how wrong they are or how bad they are. My job is to spur them on and to encourage them. That's what I'm to do. As they move closer and I move closer, we're going to meet in the middle. And you know what? That's, that's what it's about. If you and I are drawing close to Christ, we're drawing closer to other Christians who may think differently we are. And when we meet at the, at the foot of the cross, we're going to realize one thing, that we both need Jesus. Okay? I was a youth minister. And I had this kid. I called him Earl the Pearl. His name was Earl. And every Wednesday night, this is what Earl the Pearl did to me. He put a tack in my chair. He knew where I was going to sit. I was smarter than he was. I would move that tack every week and drop it in my pocket. And I think Earl thought I had buns of steel. Okay, I'm just going to tell you. And this one Wednesday night, I was tired. I don't know what was going on. I, I was tired. And you know what? I sat down on that tack and I was spurred on. It was not to love and good deeds, though. I, I'm just telling you, but that's exactly what we're supposed to do, is help people move closer to Christ. And, and, and if he's moving closer to Christ and I'm moving closer to Christ, you know what? We're going to come together. The second thing that, that, that we see here is that when we're, seeking, when we're seeking God's kingdom, we're moving closer together. When we're trying to do what God would have us to do. Remember what it said back in Mark 3, in verse 14. It, it tells us that, that he appointed the twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out. They were to have a common goal, a task to move ahead. And, and so as we look at that, that's the second thing is we got to seek the kingdom. 
Matthew 6.33 says this, is that we are to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. And so I want to talk about what it means to seek God's kingdom, what it means to be on task for God. First thing I want to do is take us to Psalm 113. Psalm 113, and, and this is such an incredible psalm. This is what it says. The Lord is exalted over all the nations. The Lord is exalted over all the nations. That means he is over America. That means he is over Russia. He is over China. He is over, he is over Iraq and Iran. And in the first service, Kevin Weldon was here, so I mentioned Nepal. He's over Nepal. Do you know how many, how many nations there are? 195, and our God is over them all, okay? That's important for us to remember. He, he is in control, but, but if you think that he's got to be pretty great to do that, listen to what else it says. His glory is above the heavens. The heavens are all above us and above all the nations, but he, his glory is above all of that. And then this next thing will just blow your mind. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high? He's up there. He's above all. And look what he does. He stoops down to look on the heavens and the earth. Let me tell you what our God does. Our God stoops down. He's looking at America right now. In fact, I will tell you, he's looking in Georgia. He's looking in Milledgeville. He's looking in your house, and he's looking in your heart. Why? Because he cares for every single one of us and wants the very best for us. He is for us, not against us, and he's pulling us together. That's, that, that's, that's our God. But let's see what our God is concerned about. It says he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of his people. He settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Can I tell you what that means? God cares for those who hurt. God cares for those that hurt. I mean, he hurts for us. So he stoops down, and he's concerned for people, and he raises them up. That's our God. We have a good God. But that, that, that's what we are to be about as the people of his kingdom. But let's go on to, to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 tells us, If you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. There are two things there that, that God is all about. The first is he's about the hungry. You may not realize that, but this year, this year, there will be three million children that starve to death. That's wrong. Because there's more than enough food. We, we just haven't put the resources to get it to people. Three million children will die. That's why we're involved with Compassion International. That, that's why we're involved with the CORE Foundation that feed kids and orphans in, in, in Haiti. And so that's why it's so important. But then on top of that, there are six million adults that will starve to death. And we're involved with, with missions that are doing that. We're involved with Chard Ray. And as you noticed on your seats today, there, there's a, a, a list where you can be a part of feeding hungry right here through Thanksgiving baskets. We've got to be about that, okay? So the hungry, that, that's something that God calls us to do. And, and the second one there is the oppressed. And I would call the oppressed anybody that can't speak for themselves, okay? Those that can't, that can't call out on their own. And the first group I automatically think of there is, is unborn children that are being killed. Millions every year, 
okay? And, and, and that's not right. Now, I know what the, 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 they tell us. It's a way to deal with unplanned pregnancy. But I will tell you, there is no pregnancy that is unplanned because God planned that before a time. God planned that before they were conceived. And that's so important for us to remember. Another group of oppressed people that I will tell you about are, are the over one million children that are oppressed into sex slavery around the world. They can't speak up for themselves, and we must. Because what is being done to them is absolutely wrong. And, and, and it's, it, is, it is so hard to think about that. And, and the city, the, the big city that's near us, is one of the places where the human trafficking occurs the most in the world, in Atlanta. And it's time that we speak up for those people. But let's keep on reading. Let's go to the next verse here. He's told you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. He says we're to do justice. We're to be about justice. And let me tell you what justice is all about. That is anytime we see a human being that is devalued, okay, that, that we speak up for them. Because as the church, this is what we believe. We believe that every single person is the precious creation of God. And whenever they are put down or devalued, is that we must speak up on their behalf. If they're being put down because of the color of their skin, or they're being put down because of their nationality, or for any other reason, it's time that we speak up. That's what we're called to do. And we want to be about justice. The second thing that is said there is to love kindness. John 13, 34, and 35 says that we will be known that we are Christ's disciples by our love. Because we can be kind to people. Because we can show love to them. And we've got to be about that. It is treating people with love. Because that's what will point them to Jesus Christ, the source of love. And then the last thing it says there is to walk humbly with God. I'm going to tell you what this is doing to me. Whenever I walk humbly with God, whenever I realize who God is, that he is so great, that he, that he is above every nation, that he's above every person, when I realize that he can see into every heart and he knows every heartache and every hurt, you know what? I don't want to be judged anymore. I just want to help people come to know him so that he can love them, so that he can change them. Because when I walk humbly with God, I realize that I'm not a judge but I'm just a servant of his to do his will. James, first chapter, verse 27. Religion that our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Religion that God thinks is what we need to be doing is taking care of orphans and widows. Those are people that can't take care of themselves. That's what the God's kingdom is to be about. That's what the church is to be about. And not to let ourselves be polluted with the world system. Let me tell you what happens. We're in the world, and it begins to rub off on us, and we begin to look more like the world than like Christ. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to keep that from happening. I want to show you Matthew 25. This is Jesus speaking, and he's separating people. He's saying, on this side are the sheep, and on this side are the goats. And, and, and this is what determines what side they go on, and it's what they did. In Matthew 25, this is what it said. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was stronger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you closed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. 
That's what Jesus is looking for from us. That's what he wants us to be about. That's what he wants us to do for his kingdom, is to show the love of Jesus Christ. Did you notice there it didn't say how we vote? <laughs> it just wasn't there. But this is what I want to call you to today. I want to call you to drawing near to Jesus Christ to be with him. I want to call you, I want to call you to being about the kingdom business. The business of our king, of feeding the hungry, of helping the oppressed, of helping the orphans and widows, a standing for justice, because that's what makes a difference. And I want to call you to unity. I got this question for you today. How many of you all have a person in your life right now that you would love if they knew Jesus Christ? Would you raise your hands if you have somebody in your life right now that you, you would love that they knew Jesus Christ? Okay, I got something for you here. This verse, I, I hope you hear it and understand. It's from John 17. I in them and you and me. That right there is about the line that's drawn. We're in Christ. Christ is in us. God is working through us. Okay, when we're on that side, so that they may be brought to complete unity. This is what God is looking for, unity. When the church becomes unified around his son and around his purpose, I want you to see what happens. Then the world will know that you have sent me and love them even as you have loved me. Do you see what it says? That when you and I decided that we're with Jesus, and when we begin to work with others as we move closer to Jesus, then unity begins to happen. Northridge, I've watched in this, in this, in this season, and I've watched division happen in our church. And I'm just going to tell you, it breaks my heart because that means there's not unity. And I know that when we become unified and we begin to move as the body of Jesus Christ, with the power of Jesus Christ, is that we are absolutely unstoppable. And that's what needs to happen. And that means we're going to have to, 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 to focus on moving closer to Jesus Christ and laying down all the stuff that, that, that we want to take with us. And as we move closer to that person that's on the other side, we become unified with them. And, and I look forward to the day when Northridge Christian Church and First United Church and Community Baptist down the street, Sinclair Baptist, First Baptist, uh, the, 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 the Presbyterian churches, when we all come together for one purpose. And when we have that unity, you know what? This community will know and this world will know. And it may be that that person that you raised your hand about today will see that. And they say, I want to be a part of that. So I'm not telling you how to vote today. I'm telling you, we got to get along. Because the world is watching. And if we don't, there will be people that don't know our Savior. Would you pray with me? Father, uh, I just ask that you would help every single heart in here today to do one thing. And that's to focus on you. To draw near to you like never before. Father, I pray that we would be about your business, not any other business. Father, I pray that we would lift your name up above every other name. Father, you've told us you're going to stoop down, you're going to be with us, but help us now to be with you 
Father, help us to have the power that comes from unity. Father, work in our hearts. Work in our hearts to show us any sin that is there, anything that is taking away from your name, from your greatness, that we might make you the one thing that people might know that you are God. For I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at